On this episode of Infinity Sports, we're going to be talking about NFL free agency, which has been absolutely fantastic, and possibly some NCAA tournament news coming right up after our intro. Welcome to Infinity Sports. I'm your host, Wayne G, joined as always by Sully. What's up? What's kicking it, bro? And Nick P, a.k.a. Nick Kellerman, Nick Bayless. What's going on? <laughs> What's up? I'm only here to listen to uh, Wayne's shitty takes on Jared Sidham. Okay, well, I might get to it. We'll see. But, You're uh, late. We've been having a Jared Sidham discussion for a year on this show. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm so new to them now. That's so true. I mean, to be, so fair, bad, to be fair, I think he's, I think he is – I think he was a, a really good prospect, and I had him rated ahead of Daniel Jones in that draft. So, I mean, which I don't think, which I don't think is that crazy of a take. Daniel Jones, I don't think like wowed a lot of people. He had a year. I don't know. Um, regardless, um, I, I don't know. I, I agree. I don't think he's obviously shown enough to do to wager or to warrant any of the hype that that uh, Wayne gives him. Well, like I was no, saying, I think was- I think I think Stidham. I mean, he'll be a great quarterback in Canada someday. Like I said, he was the favorite to be the starter for the 2020, 2020 season. And, um, and and something happened, and reports are is that he like went to a party or something like that during COVID. And plus, he's not, he doesn't have the best like work ethic or study habits, which I guess something really rubbed Bill the wrong way. Because leading up to the 2020 season, before they signed Cam Newton, it was like Stidham this, Stidham that. The team was coming out saying Stidham was the man, everything. And so it was like, all right, so that's why they haven't signed anybody, because Stidham's going to be the starter this year. And then it was like something happened, and all of a sudden they signed Cam Newton, and we didn't hear about Jarrett Stidham again for the rest of the year. Oh, well, until you know Cam, uh, and then Stidham should have started that game that Hoyer started, but instead he came in like the last two quarters or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. You would think a guy that has like a really bad work ethic, can't follow COVID protocols, and stares down his receivers would probably make for a pretty good NFL quarterback. Well, other than staring down the receivers, I think that yeah, he's just got a very good arm. He's got a quick release. He does have great arm talent. I mean, you yeah. can't deny he's got great arm talent. Uh, I don't think anybody oh, no. could. You say that about anybody. You'd no, say that about you can't. I mean, no, Alex Cam Newton doesn't. doesn't have great arm talent. Cam Newton doesn't have great arm talent. But Alex Smith can read a defense and make great decisions and is accurate. So it makes up for bad arm talent and things like that. Jared Stidham can make special throws. He truly can. He just can't make them consistently, and he doesn't make good decisions. So, like, you're not going to be a st- – but I'm saying that, like, that, I, that, that means you're not going to be a starting quarterback. Like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. He has his flaws. But he also had a lot of things that were like, wow, this kid may be really good. He just didn't turn out to be really good. And like I was saying, when they would take Cam out or when you would get to see Stidham play – I felt like I was watching Warren Moon because I had watched Cam Newton for four straight games. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and, uh, I mean, Cam was good at the beginning of the year, and then Cam got COVID, was, and it was different. He was a running back. I mean, his problem is you ever say Cam's a good passer. Like you just can't confidently say that. He's got a seven or eight second wind up into his throw, and then it wobbles the whole way to the receiver. I mean, it just like I said, that's when you watch Stidham. He throws like the nice dart, tight spiral. Everything looks good. Right and to then, the defense. Not right to the defense. Uh, he had the touchdown to Nikhil Harry. Two of my guys there. Yeah, he also hey, two of my guys there. Wayne remembers yeah, that more than he remembers the birth of his children. <laughs> that was uh, the highlight of the Patriots season right now. <laughs> he's like, two bang! Four picks. Yeah. Jared Sidham, he's the savior. Two touchdowns, four picks. Yeah. <clears throat> I like him a lot. Uh, but anyways, uh, aside from Jared Sidham, which we just used up three and a half minutes talking about. Hey. I, I did want to uh, mention before we got into the free agency that, you know, all of us have had GOAT arguments, right? Who's the GOAT basketball player? Who's the GOAT singer of all time? Blah, blah, blah. We've all had them. And everyone Not has me. different – okay, well, because you're a loser. Everyone has had different criteria, right? And Nick likes to say it's subjective, and I said he's right because it's subjective what criteria you use. Like I might use points in basketball, and he might use rings, and we'll disagree just because we're using different criteria. So I like to use all the criteria, and every part of it's a variable – and people have some crazy variables. The craziest one I heard, I've ever heard, was talking to Nick when he said that Tom Brady's not the GOAT because he doesn't have enough Instagram followers. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I said. That's not what I said. It's kind of what was, you said. It's kind of what you said. You no, insinuated it. All, all I said was, because we were comparing, like, you were saying football's like the greatest sport. I'm like, well, if that's the case, why isn't the popularity showing that? I'm like, if Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback, why does he have less Instagram followers than, like, LeBron James. Why does he have less Instagram followers than Seth Curry? 
You probably have less Instagram followers than Juju Smith because Tom Brady isn't like. I'll check it right now. Yeah, he but because he's not like a socialite. Like he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah, right. I mean, he He doesn't. I think he just signed up for like a Twitter account like two years ago. That's what I mean. Like he doesn't care about that. He's on the cover of GQ magazine, cashing checks. He doesn't give a shite how much, (laughs) uh, (laughs) how much Juju. Juju's got 3 million followers. I mean, but my whole point in making that statement was we're not even close. I mean, you're not, we're not even close if we're going to start saying, like, football is, like, the the marketing perfection. In America, it is, though. Yeah. Right. Sure. That That's great. But Ronaldo has 270 million no, I, Instagram followers. And, and, yeah. and the way I look at it is like this. Whoever wins the Revolutionary War gets to make the rules. And so football's king. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, <laughs> Ireland beat Ireland beat the Ireland beat the Brits too in an in a war for independence. Do they get to make the decisions? No, or? it's stupid Ireland. <laughs> All right. So, so, so did India. So did India, and they got more people. <laughs> and they they get to so make their rules to to Britain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they get cricket. All right. They get yeah. Cricket. They get cricket. <laughs> we get football. <laughs> you know. So. But yeah, anyway, I mean, his, his his Instagram following is pathetic for the goat. Yeah, because and like I had mentioned to Nick, and I'm sure everyone watching will agree, the your social media followings has nothing to do with how good you are. That said, getting into free agency, this is the big news of the day, and it is the Patriots. We're going to stick with the Patriots because Bill Belichick is making it rain out there. You know, uh, he goes out, he got John o. Smith right away, and I think that we were all like, "Yeah, hey, that's a good signing for them. He fits their system really well." And then he went out and he got Hunter Henry on top of that. And now we're like, oh, geez. I mean, it's like Gronk and Aaron Hernandez all over again with like the, the two superstar tight ends. Um, and then you get uh, Nelson Aguilar, who I know that you guys will give your thoughts on overpaying it for him. But it's a deep threat that you can add. Um, the one that puzzled me, and again, I'll get I'll let Sully go first. But the one that puzzled me, uh, wide receiver, was the Kendrick Bourne signing because I read somebody's scouting report where they said basically, you know, he is. Um, the, the receiver that they have this year already, number 16. I can't think of his name. It's Jacoby Steve Myers. Man. He's Jacoby Myers, but more money. Mm, no, I think he's going to be your Julian Edelman replacement. Kendrick Bourne is a, is a pretty decent route runner. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of like his calling card. Um, is he's like he's he's pretty precise there. Um, so I think he's probably going to be the Julian Edelman replacement and kind of be your underneath kind of route guy. And then yeah. Nelson Aguilar, you know, he had his one season last year where I'm pretty sure he was, like, tops in the league in, like, yards for catch or something like that, or and then had a touchdown. So, I mean, you, I think New England really overpaid there, too. But, <clears throat> I don't know, it's kind of what they want to do on offense. They want to run the football, play defense, and then probably try to take the top off with Nelson Aguilar and, you know, and then attack the seams with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Now they've got two of the top four paid tight ends in the league right now. Um, but I don't think they're worried about that because they're paying their quarterback, you know, five mil a year, and then they're probably going to draft a quarterback and then get him on a rookie deal. So I think they're trying, they're doing the smart thing and loading up on this free agency class to prepare for this, you know, five year run where they're going to have a rookie quarterback. In my opinion, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I I don't hate uh, any of the sign- signings, and I, I look at Bourne too as a guy who is, to Sully's point, a route runner. He was. Jimmy G's safety blanket, right? And Jimmy G is very much like a pocket sort of passer. Um, he's looking for the easy option, not necessarily trying to make some crazy throw into coverage, that kind of thing. And Bourne's the sort of guy that will create separation early at the line. He'll be able to run his route. He'll be there for you, especially if things break down. He'll be able to make a play. I think what the Pats did overall was uh, – I think it's – I was thinking about it today, actually – Patriots, let's just assume Cam Newton's the starter. They're scary with the play action. With that running back tandem, with the revamped offensive line, with Bourne running underneath, Edelman running underneath, those two tight end sets, and Aguilar running vertical routes off those play action plays, I, I mean, that, that that's a scary, scary proposition uh, that, that New England's got going. I, I, I can see them, if Cam's the QB, running that play action every down but third. Well, and you said the running back tandem, obviously, Damian Harris and Sony Michelle, but they also are in on uh, James Conner or uh, Chris Carson, apparently, too. 
which they need to be because they we talked about this, uh, you know, between the three of us is they need a pass catching back. It's like what they do, but it's also like what the league is. So they need a guy like that. I mean, I wasn't thinking a guy that they'd go out and grab a guy as big of a name as like a Connor or a Carson. But if you incorporate a guy like that, it's like you might as well. I mean, they should probably get rid of Michelle or more at that point. Right. I mean, is that fair to say trade one of those guys for, for draft picks? They're virtually the same running back. Yeah, I'd get rid of Michelle. I don't think he's proven a lot. <clears throat> I don't know. You guys have more confidence in Cam Newton than I do, apparently. I don't think he's a, a adequate passer in the slightest. I don't think, you know, he. I, I don't know. Until they get a quarterback, I don't really think that team's really, like, any better or scarier or anything like that. Like, it, in my opinion, they're still in a, maybe an 8-8 eight eight ball club, a 9-7 and seven ball club at this point. Um, you got to understand they're probably going to lose Stephon Gilmore too. I think we can all agree on that, which I think will be like a, a, a sizable loss in my opinion. And, and like, they're going to have to recoup that in some way. Now they may just bring in another rook and things like that. But I do think this will be another growing year for the Patriots. And then kind of, like I said, preparing for this stretch where they can get a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal with loaded talent around him and then kind of do things. I, I don't know if I'd expect big numbers out of Cam this year. I just I don't see how you could. He's just proven last year you just can't pass the ball. Yeah, yeah but know. you've never really expected big numbers out of Cam Newton. I mean, if Cam goes out there and he gets you twenty to twenty five touchdown passes this year, assuming he's oh, a starter again, that's like triple he got last year. Triple didn't he have like four the whole season? Yeah, like, eight, but he had, but he had like yeah, four. but he had, but he had, but he had no, he had, he had nothing going for him. He had no offensive yeah. line talent. He had no receiving talent. His running backs were hurt all year. I mean, let's call it what it is. He I mean, also he's losing his best offensive them. lineman. Maybe, but they did bring in Trent Brown. I mean, Tr- yeah, Joe Tooney is definitely his best offensive lineman. Let's not like, like I get he's a guard, not a tackle, but I mean, I don't know. They said that about Nate Solder. They said the same thing about Nate Solder. The Patriots were losing their best offensive lineman. Solder went to New York and he was trash. I mean, Saquon Barkley blew up his knee because they couldn't protect him and they signed Solder to a huge deal that they're now regretting. I mean, I, you see stuff like that all the time. I mean, I don't think Tooney will blow up on that Kansas City line. But I just – I mean, the Patriots replace offensive linemen easier, it seems like, than anybody else in the league. No, I understand. But, like, you you said, like, his offensive line was an issue, and now he's losing one. That's just kind of – I don't know. I, I get it. I get it. I, do I just they, don't see how they're any good. They coach up their offensive line, I think, better than most teams. I mean, in the sense that you look at – you know, Tooney was a third-round pick, and then you look at like uh, Unwino, this Unwino, whatever his name is, uh, this past year out of Michigan, and he was a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick, and he ended up becoming, I think, like, the third-best offensive tackle in the draft, uh, statistically. And then you end up with uh, a guy like uh, Andrews, who they're probably going to lose Andrews at center, but Andrews was an undrafted signing. You know, what I mean, so they just do a really good job, I think, of getting guys in and then coaching them up to to block. And I like the idea of moving Isaiah Wynn to guard from tackle to guard, mm-hmm. and then you still have Shaq Mason there, so he's coming back to me. You have Shaq Mason, Wynn, Anwino, Trent Brown, and, you know, and who knows what they do in the draft? They could go out and get somebody. I'm curious defensively what your thought because I, I was looking at some of the signings and Matt Juden, who who they sign. Uh, to a four-year deal, I think it's fourteen million a year. But they gave him more than um, I have it here than uh, Trey Hendrickson got, or more than Carl Lawson got. And I'm like, did they overpay for Juden? No, I don't think so. I think Juden's more consistent. Judon, he's, I mean, he's been solid, you know. And again, I don't think he's going to be a guy that gets you like fifteen in a year. I mean, he could, but I don't think he is going to get you fifteen. But he'll get you eight to 10 every year for the next three years, probably. And he's going to get consistent pressure and he's going to give you consistent play. And, and I think that's extremely important. And, and especially in Bill's system where it's so scheme driven and it's like, right. you do your job and like, then you produce in that way. I, I think that fits, uh, I think that fits Judon perfectly. So, um, you know, I don't know, like how, like we were talking about the Jalen Mills signing and and where he plays and and how that affects Stephon Gilmore and and I don't know I, I, I like I said I think Jalen Mills is more of a uh, uh, like a chess piece that he's going to use interchangeably with Kyle Duggar. Um, again, I, I like all these pieces they're adding. I just think you know I don't think they're better than the Bills at all in that division still. So I, I mean, how much better really did they get? And I, I mean, don't I think, think they, they playoffs either. So. I mean, I, I like their chances in the playoffs because I think that defense is going to be easily a top 10 unit again. Um, I, I think the defense – and I think the Judon signing was 
strategically for the division because now you have a guy who can literally chase around Lamar, um, Josh Allen. You have a guy who can chase around Tua. You have a guy that can that, that can get after those mobile quarterbacks and give them a hard time while throwing different looks in the secondary, while throwing different looks at at the line. I think the um, uh, what's his name, the guy from Miami that they picked up, the nose tackle, uh, God, God. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's a huge signing. I mean, that's a big man who's very, very, very athletic, and he's going to cause a double team at the line because of how quick he is. I mean, this is a guy who's like three thirty and runs like a five two. I mean, he's not. You know, it, it, the Patriots are going to throw multiple looks at people, and they are set up defensively to win that division. That's well, my think- take. The offense can't turn the ball over. That's really what it's going to boil down to. The same thing it's always ever boiled down to, outside well, the Randy Moss year. The combination of Godshaw and uh, Henry Anderson, because Henry Anderson came over from the Jets, he's 6'6", 340 or something like that. He's huge. And they're saying those two guys are just going to clog up the middle. The Patriots basically are saying, you're not going to run on us this year. Like We we have the speed on the edge. They've got Uche. They've got Winovich. They signed uh, you know, Judon. Um, they re-signed Dietrich Wise to a four-year, yeah, potentially a 40, $30 million deal, which... When I watch him play, and I was saying this to you guys off the air, he's always in the backfield. He's yeah, always he's back fantastic. There. But he's hurt, so he's only plays like eight games a year. So I think if they can keep him healthy with Uche, with Winovich, with Judon, um, Hightower's coming back, and then you've got these two gigantic guys in the middle, I think they're going to be all right defensively. I think they'll be fine defensively, too. Again, I, I don't think we ever worry about a Bill Belichick defense. I worry about Cam Newton at quarterback. I just I don't, I'll never believe in that to win 10 games. You know, I just won't. Before we move yeah. off the pages, what do you think for quarterback? Because I'm seeing a lot of reports coming out now that they've done this whole shopping spree, right? Uh, seeing these reports from, I don't know, it was Mike Reese or different people that are saying with, um, you know, their, their former scouting director over in Houston that what are the chances that the Patriots say, you know what, we really don't need to do anything in the draft for the next couple of years if we get Deshaun Watson. And if the Patriots add Deshaun Watson to this team, they're like, the NFL is just going to lose their minds. Um, I mean, I don't, that would take a lot. And I don't know if the Patriots have that ammo. Well, you know, do, the, no, do the Bears offer four first, four seconds. Well, yeah. The Bears signed Andy Dalton, so they're out of Yeah, the, the Bears signed Andy Dalton. Right. And, and well, <laughs> apparently they put a hard push in for Russell Wilson, and Seattle said we're not trading Russell Wilson. Um, so there's that, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. I think it would take a whole lot. And I don't know if that's Bill's style. But again, this isn't Bill's style spending like this. Uh, moving back and taking Mac Jones at like 20 kind of just seems like what Bill would do. Um, and that's probably what I'm going to put my money on until something different happens. I think Mac Jones fits that scheme, fits that team. Um, I think you can perform extremely well in a Josh McDaniels offense with those kind of weapons around him, especially if they get like a true number one, um, in, in somehow too. So, you know, like Kenny Galladay still out there. I don't know if he's a true number one, but you know, Kenny Galladay still out there. Uh, Marvin Will, or uh, Will Fuller. Uh, a, a lot of guys I think that could, you know, really help. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I, I still think they're going to end up drafting. I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I think Deshaun Watson's probably not very likely for the New England Patriots. I think. I, I do think that they might be in the running for like another quarterback. I also don't think that this is. And I know I said this uh, to both of you guys earlier today, but I don't really think that this is something that's like unprecedented for Bill Belichick, this this free agency period. I think it's smart. I think he's taking advantage of the system. The salary cap number dropped. Teams are scrambling to get under that number. Belichick had a lot more leeway than everybody else, and he went and he got his guys early. He knew he wasn't going to have competition to get his guys. He went out and got his guys, and that cap number is going to increase exponentially over the next two years after COVID. So this is just a situation where Belichick is taking advantage of everybody else, and I think that that's kind of what he does. Yeah, but he's never spent like this, and that's the point. Yeah, but he's never had the perfect storm to do that either, right? Like with the salary cap dropping, teams scrambling, the amount of cap space that he has. I, I mean, he's he, had cap space to spend and chosen not and chosen not to spend it. I mean, he, they've spent more money, they've spent more guaranteed money in the first day than any than anybody else has spent ever in the history of free agency 
So, I mean, like, that's unprecedented. I get what you're saying. It's not a shock to see Bill Belichick manipulating the system in, like, a way that – I say I think manipulating the system sounds bad. It's not at all. Taking advantage and, and doing what he does best. But, I mean, it is pretty unprecedented to see the Patriots spending like this. Uh, but, but it doesn't I mean, even restrict them. It doesn't even restrict them next year because when the cap increases next year, you're going to see uh, all of a sudden now the Patriots have another twenty, thirty million dollars yeah, available course. in free agency next year, and the following year you'll see even more. So I think he was going in with that mindset. They were like what sixty something million under the cap. Yeah, sixty five. Why not throw? Yeah, why not throw it under? Now's now's a better time than ever. Yeah, for sure. Now you mentioned it's like trading back to get Mac Jones, and I know I presented on uh, Facebook. We had the I said, would you rather get Mac Jones, trade up and get like a Justin Fields, or wait till like later rounds and get like a Kellen Mons or like a, a Jamie Newman later? And a lot of people seem to feel like if you want Mac Jones, you're going to have to move up from 15 because they feel like he's going to go top 10. You know, I don't I don't know what your thoughts. Are. I mean, that's five quarterbacks in the top five, 10. I don't know if. That happens. I mean, if five quarterbacks go in the top 10, you're getting Mika Parsons or Patrick Sertain at 15. So uh, I'd be pretty happy That's with true. that. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't take Mac Jones in the top 10. Like I said, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him there. Um, but, you know, people fall in love with their guy. So, you know, if the Patriots identify him as their guy and it'll cost them a first and a second or something like that to move up five spots or four spots or whatever it is. I mean, I don't see why not. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. Um, I think Fields costs a lot more because I think Fields probably goes top five. So, you know, I think that costs a significant bit more. But if they feel like they want – if Mac Jones is that guy that they key on, you know, then they can move up and grab him. I personally wouldn't take him in the top 15. You know what I mean? That's that's the way I view it. They need to they need to stay away from Trey Lance and, and Fields. Um, I think they could go to to Sully's point when NFL teams have their guy, quote unquote. Uh, they don't let anything stop them from taking that player, um, and, and we saw that with the New York Giants taking taking Daniel Jones, right? Like way out of left field where no one expected it. If on March 23rd the Patriots are at Mac Jones Pro Day and they see him and, and they see him throw the ball and they're like, yeah, this is the guy we need, they're going to do everything in their power to go get that guy. It doesn't matter where he is in the draft. I don't see them taking a Lance or a Field. I think Lance ends up in a place like Carolina. I think Fields ends up in a place like Atlanta. Um, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't. If I'm the Patriots, I'm not touching either one of those quarterbacks. This one is. Well, I like Fields only because I feel like he can step in and start over Cam right away. I don't think Lance can. I think Lance no, needs he can. a year. No, so. he can. No, he can't. Fields cannot start. Yeah, I don't think he could start over Cam, but I think he could start over Cam in ten games. Um, whereas Lance, I think needs I don't. a year. Fields' um, decision making is terrible. I mean, his yeah. decision making is terrible. His numbers were so inflated early on this this past season because he played absolute dog shit competition. And then when he started playing real teams in the Big Ten, his numbers started tapering off. They looked more pedestrian, if you will. I, I just he stares down his receivers. His decision making's always in question. His athleticism's great. His arms great. How many times have you heard quarterbacks being described as that? They need to stay away from a guy like Fields. He's a project. He's not a quarterback. No, I agree. He's a project, but I, I think he, for all his athleticism and things like that, um, I do think he can make reads. Um, I do think he has a rough time doing so, but he's shown the ability to actually do so. He can make his progression and hit his third route when needed, whereas Trey Lance can't do that right now, essentially. Um, that's where I, I say, like, yes, Fields is a project, just not the same type. Um, I think I do think Fields' arm talent and overall talent are going to entice somebody, and I do think yeah. him, him and Josh McDaniel's system I think would do very well. Um, but uh, because it would have to limit, it would limit his actual decision making. You know, he would he would he would have to only merely go across the middle for play action, go deep for play action, or really that's kind of it. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, he could benefit greatly there, in my opinion. So, uh, but again, I, I would agree. I'm not like tooting Justin Fields' horn and saying somebody should should die on his hill or anything. So, and I mean, my thing with him is ultimately like the Patriots need a quarterback with a good football IQ. I think Cam has that. I think Mac Jones has that. I don't think I think Fields is a is a tough quarterback. I think he's a tough kid, uh, but his football IQ is not great. Now. Away from the Patriots, uh, Sully's team, you get Shaq Barrett back, even though they didn't franchise him. 
Uh, so that's nice. Uh, was it that four, worried, bro. four and seventy-two? Yeah. And do you, do you like the what was that? Eighteen million a year? Uh, I mean, you know, it's what you got to pay for. I mean, since two thousand nineteen, I think it is, or two thousand eighteen. Um, you know, he's been the the most productive pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, he's had the most pressures, let's say. Um, so, I mean, you know, the stats speak for themselves, and obviously, he's coming off the game that he had and the postseason he had. So we were going to have to pay him. Somebody was going to pay him. Why not us pay him? You know, he fits our scheme to a T. Uh, I'm sure he loves, you know, working in, in, in our defense and, and the blitz packages and things like that. So, I mean, that was huge. That was it, that was a must sign for us, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I'm thrilled we got that one. I mean, we've locked up everybody I think we've needed to lock up at this point. Uh, like, in, in order, now it's, you know, go after certain guys if we want to re-sign Sue, uh, if we want to re-sign Antonio Brown, which I think we're waiting to see if Julian Edelman gets cut or something like that because then we may go sign Julian Edelman instead of Antonio Brown. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we re-signed Gronk, which I think was nice. So I'm stoked. Yeah, some people say Tampa Bay did the best defense – or did the best uh, – the had the best free agency period of anybody. I've yeah, seen just reports out there that say that. Guys back. Yeah. What do you think about James White? Because I figured James White's definitely going to Tampa. I mean, he's probably. I mean, it depends. I mean, if we can re-sign Fournette to a cheap deal, um, I would assume we do that. Uh, but you know, I, I I also think we're gonna know. Hey, look, if we can't re-sign Fournette to the deal we want, we can just go out and get James White for pretty cheap. Um, then again, I, you know, I don't know if I love Ronald Jones to be a consistent every down back. Um, you know, and and beyond that, you know, I, I mean. I doubt LaShawn McCoy is on the roster for very much longer. So, you know, so, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that I think maybe another back would be a key, but you can always draft one of those guys. They're a dime a dozen. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, though, to see them get James White. I mean, LeBron, uh, LeBron, I might, it might as well be LeBron in Tampa doing the same <laughs> thing. Tom Brady's doing the same thing LeBron does in Los Angeles. So that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> What about the chips that haven't fallen? I mean, uh, Trent Williams is still available. Nobody's signed him yet, but he's 33, so I don't know what kind of deal he's really going to get, two-year deal maybe. But, um, but he's listed as the number one free agent still left available. Uh, none of the receivers. That's probably you know, Galladay, Juju. Uh, I mean, Corey Davis got signed, but Will Fuller's not signed. So it seems like the top three receivers stayed haven't gotten any offers or maybe they're fielding you know- offers. I don't know. And that's a chess game, in my opinion. That's a chess game by Belichick. He knew by just slightly overpaying the guys he did was going to inflate the market. So now someone's going to get hosed with those big name receivers and those contracts that that, that they're going to demand. No, I don't know if that's the case, but um, those guys are going to be fetching. Those guys are going to be fetching crazy, stupid contract money that's going to tie them down to a team. And I don't trust any of them as a number one receiver, quite frankly. I don't trust Will Fuller's health. I don't trust Will Fuller as my number one guy. I don't trust. Kenny Galladay as my number one guy. I don't trust Juju as my number one guy. I just, they're going to get number one receiver money. Uh, take, you know, somebody will take a flyer. So I think a lot of owners are seeing too also how deep this wide receiver draft is. Right. And they're like, mm, you know, we can get a guy like, you know, maybe a Rondell Moore in the second. So why yeah. would I pay a guy like Will Fuller right now or Curtis Samuel right now? Uh, crazy money. You know, I can get a guy like, um, you know, Rashad Bateman, you know, in the late first, maybe top of the second. So why would I pay Kenny Galladay? You know, things like that. Um, and I think that's playing out in front of our eyes. And uh, I, I mean, it's odd that they haven't been signed. But again, somebody needs to set the market. And like, like, you know, you mentioned Corey Davis. He got signed by the Jets for a pretty big number two. Yeah. And now Kenny Galladay's out here like, well, wait a second. Yeah. Like, I need 18 mil now or something like that. He's going to give Kenny Galladay 18 mil. So I think it's a little kind of, you know, give and take there. So, I, I mean, we'll see. You know, I, I think the Trent Williams one, I think, is going to make a huge difference where he signs, in my opinion. I think he's still arguably yeah. a top five left tackle, maybe even top three left tackle in the game right now. So, I mean, if he miraculously, the Chiefs figure out a way to get him there in Kansas City or, you know, I mean – Shit, who else needs a tackle at this point? Uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati can convince him to go play there. I mean, I think uh, Cincinnati's going to take Seoul, though, right? Yeah, like, I, mean, I mean, obviously, that's their plan. They're at five. That's a, that'd be, you know, yeah, Miami that's a easily take them at three, you know, if they felt like it. So, 
you know, I, I mean, but if one of those teams could get him, I mean, that's a big signing. So uh, I think he's important. You know, with the Chiefs signing Tooney, I mean, if they can – and then the Laurent, the French dude coming back from his COVID uh, yeah. uh, stuff – uh, playing opposite of Tooney, and then if they can get Trent Williams in there, I mean, man, that team's good. <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah. I see Jameis goes back to New Orleans on a one-year, $12 million deal again, and they say that he's going to be competing with Taysom Hill for the starting quarterback job. I'm like, how do you lose a quarterback starting position to Taysom Hill? Because he seemed to have lost the backup to him last year. I mean – Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. you talk to him, he says Taysom Hill is the next uh, Steve Young. <laughs> so he does. I mean, he's on record saying that. So it's like, you know, he has this affinity for him, and he clearly loves him. Jameis actually got signed. It was like a, the Cam Newton. It's actually five mil, yeah. and then it's seven mil with, you know, incentives and oh, things like that. I would have much rather had Jameis Winston than Cam Newton. I, I actually – I'd agree, I, I'd agree yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not the full 12 because they signed Taysom for an actual, like, decent-sized deal. So, But he's a tight end, too. He's a tight yeah, he end. Is. He's a running so, back. I want to say so that he's got 12 and a half. Job, but even if he loses the job, they'll find a role for him on the offense. Right. So I don't I don't mind paying him 12 mil. You know what I mean? So, well, that's what I'm saying. I think Taysom is guaranteed or due 12 and a half million in this upcoming season. Um, everything else in that contract extension is basically zero. The only reason they did that was just to extend that twelve million to give themselves some flexibility. Yeah, um, because the rest of the way over the cap. Yeah, because and that, I think that... New Orleans. I think this is a year. I think this is New Orleans Patriots season, if that makes sense. I think they're losing their Hall of Fame quarterback, and Sean Payton's looking at it like, I'm going to stick with what I have for right now, and I'm going to hope that I can get a guy like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson next year. Ooh, I think Deshaun Watson goes somewhere this year, so I don't think he's going to be around I, next year. Man, I, I don't think I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Watson's moving. I, I don't. I mean, every every offer possible has been been brought out there. Brought I mean, out there. Yeah, yeah I mean, Bears really it, it, offered four firsts and four seconds, and they said no to that. Like they're never going to accept anything. So, right. what do you do? What, I mean, what do you do? And he's he's contractually obligated to show up, so he's just going to be sitting out on the prime of his career, missing money. Yeah. Well, this is the easiest year to trade him because his salary is only sixteen million. You know, so it's like his extension doesn't start until next year. So I would think that if you can't move him this year, you're gonna have a much harder time trying to move him next year. I don't think you'll ever have a hard time moving to Sean Watson. <laughs> I don't think teams. Will be, I don't think teams will be too upset about picking up a forty mil contract on Deshaun Watson. I just don't. Yeah. If Dak yeah. got forty, Deshaun Watson can get forty-five easy. Yeah. What about a uh, Fitzpatrick to Washington? Uh, I know you guys were talking about how basically as Alex Smith is the same deal. I mean, same player, right? I, I don't know. Actually, I think it's I think it's a little worse, but like in in only the sense that like I think he's going to take more chances in that offense. Where I don't think it's an offense that needs to take chances or wants to take chances. So like if he has a game where obviously he has three turnovers, well that's going to cost that team. And Alex Smith's never going to have one of those games, in my opinion. So, so I don't know if I if I love it, but again, I mean, it's clearly assigned to just a bridge quarterback, and you know, Washington's clearly in the market for a quarterback early. You know, like I, I think we're just kind of skating by the fact that they may, you know, make a big move here and and move up and, and grab one of these guys. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they got a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance in there um, and let them and let either one of them sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who is a clearly a film rat and a guy who, who knows these systems and, and is able to put things together quickly and can maybe leak some of that knowledge onto one of these young kids. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe that's the ideal situation. But whatever quarterback goes there, I mean, they got a shot because that, that defense is legit scary good. So. Yeah, and I, everyone likes Alex Smith. Everyone wants to see Alex, a guy like Alex Smith succeed. I think Washington looked at it in a practical sense, same way I would have looked at it. We really like Alex Smith. We want him to succeed, but we can't rely on him because there's no telling if he's going to be able to stay healthy. Um, Fit, Fitzpatrick gives them a contingency plan if they draft a quarterback who's not ready to roll. It also will help bring them into another year. And then Wayne, like he went to Harvard too, so he could probably educate you on what a double standard is, just like Jeremy Lin. Oh, I bet I don't know what his major is. I'd have to double check. <laughs> engineering or something. <laughs> yeah. I think it's English lit. <laughs> oh, then I'd, I'd take his word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
the the thing uh, with uh, Fitzpatrick um, that I like, I mean, it's I know that a lot of people thought he might retire after the season. Like, oh, he might retire, and I'm thinking yeah. if I'm him, as long as somebody's still willing to give me a one year, ten million dollar deal, I'm not hanging him up until those ten million dollar deals stop coming in. Well, yeah, Bill J. Cutler. The yeah. LJ Cutler move. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. The Texans did sign uh, Tyrod Taylor to a $12 million deal. Yep. Uh, I forgot that. Really? Yeah. Yep. One year, 12.5 wow. mil. Yeah. Um, that actually may make Deshaun a little disposable. But, again, if you're going to turn down four firsts and four seconds, what are you going to accept at that point? I don't know. Players, like, some uh like truthfully, what would you like? Man, that's wild. Well, and that's that's why the reports came out. They said that you know if Nick Casario sends Deshaun Watson to New England for less than what Chicago is offering, the NFL is going to lose their minds. They're they're going to go. Fans will lose their crap. Well, of course. Well, that's why, well if this if the story writers want it to be, then we know yeah, that they will be, be. You know, <laughs> that it's like the WWE. It's like whatever yeah. man wants. Um. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't see a scenario. I mean, you're right. If, if the Texans trade Deshaun Watson to the New England Patriots, the, the country might explode. They, they <laughs> truly might. I mean, that's uh, you're going to have riots in the streets. It's going to be, which I will say I, this about about my Patriot fandom is, is I've maintained I'm not one of the obnoxious Patriots fans, of which I know there are. A plethora of. As but, he has um, banners hanging behind him, folks. Yes, yeah, so because of free agency. <laughs> another banner hanging up. We won free agency, baby. Um, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not one of those guys, and yet I still get really excited when all the Patriots haters have to eat crap. Like it makes me so happy. Um, I'm not gonna go rub crap in anybody's face, but if you have to eat it because of what they're doing, I'm gonna laugh the whole time you're eating it. You know? No, I hear you. I mean, I laugh this whole season. When they were off, <laughs> the whole league, the whole league did. They're like, yeah, yeah exactly. And they're like, finally, the witch is dead. The dynasty's over. And then Bill goes out and's like, hey, what's up? Hey, let me spend all this money and not really make my team any better because Cam Newton <laughs> sucks. I, no, I agree. They're Cam better. Sucks. They're better. They're better. But Cam Newton they're sucks. Better no, they, I, I'm telling. They have no chance to win that division. No chance. Hey, well, you, we, Mark, don't, we don't. Josh Allen has don't to know. get hurt. Josh Allen has to get hurt for them to win that division. We don't know who we don't know who their quarterback is. Start like uh, uh, exactly. Game. I'll preface by saying if Cam Newton is their starting quarterback, they will not. And Josh Allen doesn't get shot driving <laughs> to a game. Uh, then, then the Patriots will not win that division. They'll be lucky to finish second in the division. And I'll say, mark my words today, MVP of the Super Bowl, Jurist. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew that was coming. You mean, you mean the, gray, the, the Gray Cup or whatever they call it in Canada? It I is called the Gray Cup. Good job. Well done, Nick. Yeah. Don't act like you didn't know. Yeah, yeah I, I knew it. I yeah. Knew it. All right, so that's the football free agency. Unless there's anybody that we didn't touch on that you guys are like, hey, we didn't talk about this guy. Um. Sully, come on. You got Yeah, Von Miller. Von Miller Miller went to Tennessee, right? What's up? Bud Dupree went to Tennessee. Bud Dupree going to Tennessee, which I think was a big deal. Uh, I like Corey Lindsay going to the Jets. um, uh, Not Corey Lindsay. Nick's frozen. Oh, there he's back. I'm back. Uh, I like Corey Davis going to the Jets a lot, actually. Um, I think he fits that scheme really well, or that team really well. We'll see what the scheme does, but they need. They don't like, have a. They don't have a. Scheme. Yeah, they needed like a route guy, and I think yeah. Corey Davis can do that. Um, uh, damn, where did Corey Lindsley go? The Browns, right? No, um, Chargers. 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 Yeah. Which yeah. man, that's going to be huge. That's right. That's yeah. going to be huge for Justin Herbert. Corey Lindsley's like a, I, I think people underestimate like how important a center is too to a young right. quarterback. He's going to be his his information filter and be able to tell him essentially pick out and tell him where blitzes are coming from too, which I think will be massive. And then Jacksonville made uh, a good signing with the the Griffin corner. Um, yeah. I think I think he's going to I think he fits that defense really well. Um, and that's going to be a really good signing there. I mean, we don't know what that team's going to be. We all believe very strongly in Trevor Lawrence. Um, man, if they can build a team around that kid, I think he may shock some people in year one. Well, I think the thing about Jacksonville too, is they signed a couple pieces defensively and what everyone's forgetting is, I mean, they got a guy like CJ Henderson already. 
Uh, Josh, Josh Davis. I mean, they got some young guys. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen. Sorry. Um, what's his Miles name? Miles Jack. Jack. Miles yeah. Jack still in that defense. I mean, they have some guys, man. I mean, that that defense has some ball players, and I do think that Urban Meyer is the type of coach who can get the best out of his defense. I don't know about what he can do in an offense. I, I don't trust him with the offense, but I trust Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say. So we had this uh, start bench cut. If you follow us on Facebook, you've seen this. And I had Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. And it's created a lot of debate. A lot of people don't like that Trevor Lawrence is on there at all because he hasn't taken an NFL snap. But my contention was this. Obviously, he has the highest ceiling. And I figured going into next season, you have to look at what he has. He's going to have a full preseason because COVID's done now, supposedly. So he's going to have a full preseason. He's going to get to learn the playbook. He's got three really good receivers. He's got James Robinson at halfback. He's got a defense. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Three really good receivers. Who is his three really good receivers? Well, you got DJ Chark. You got, um, is it Cole? LaVisca Chanel. LaVisca Chanel. LaVisca Chanel. He's going to be in the second year. And Cole. Keelan Cole's a free agent. Is he? Oh. Is he? Yeah, Keelan yeah, Cole and D.D. Westbrook and Westbrook are both gone. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so I was like, he's got this offense, and then the defense gave up 30 points a game last year. So he's going to be in shootouts. He's going to be racking up. I mean, Gardner Minshew averaged 300 yards a game for a stretch there. So it's like, you know, you got Trevor Lawrence with that same scenario. He's going to be throwing for ungodly numbers. He's going to break Justin Herbert's passing record. I don't know, though, because I think their defense is going to be a lot better. And I also don't think Urban Meyer is going to be. I mean, that's not the type of offense Urban Meyer runs. I also don't know if he's even going to start. Really? That's why I said Alex Smith. Bring Alex Smith to Jacksonville. Help transition Trevor into the role after a few weeks. I mean, there's not a better guy in the league to do it. I just really like I get get Alex Smith reunited with Urban Meyer. That's true. I mean, that's a that is a match made in heaven. I don't love the idea of starting a rookie quarterback. Is my thing like? I don't know. I just that that scares me in this day and age. So like I, I don't know, especially in a, in a team in a game that like you know that team's not like probably equipped to win a ton of games. So right. so like I, I, again, let's 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 build and kind of see what we got. Like if they sign Trent Williams, like that'd be yeah. massive. You know, like and, and try to protect because at this point, like I still think you're throwing your your whole franchise and your future to the fire at that point. And I think I, I, to that point, to it, Jacksonville has to learn from the Cincinnati situation with Joe Burrow, right? And that's why I think having like an Alex Smith and bringing him in there, and I hate to say this because you're basically putting Alex Smith on the firing squad potentially, but you, you stick him behind there and you see what that offensive line looks like protecting a guy like Alex Smith who's not nearly as mobile as Trevor Lawrence. And if Smith is being beaten up, then you know you got to do some things before you put Trevor into the pocket because if you hurt that guy, it's – I mean, you're going to lose your job. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're Urban Meyer, you're out of Jacksonville almost immediately. I just – there's a lot at stake here because Trevor Lawrence – I mean, you had scouts that literally said he is – he's the number one pick in any draft in NFL history. Ever. But, but that's what I'm saying is that Joe Burrow was the starter right away. And I know he got hurt because – the problem with that team too is that he was getting sacked six times a game. I mean, he was on pace. Well, we don't know that Jacksonville won't be that way. Yeah, that's the thing. Right, we don't. We don't. I, mean, I just feel like your best player plays. I mean, you know, Justin I Herbert. Agree. They start. They started him on the bench. He had to. He had to play because of Tyrod Taylor getting the punctured lung. But he steps in and he looks phenomenal. And I think that sometimes the best player should just play. Yeah, but sometimes he shouldn't too. Alex Smith groomed Patrick Mahomes as well. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. And then Patrick Mahomes stepped in and the rest is history. You know, I mean, sometimes you just need a little transition period just to get used to the speed of the game. Everything's different. Imagine if they do start Trevor Lawrence right away and he has a terrible first four games and he just looks awful. Well, then it's a snowball of just all the media media and all of this. And then do you sit him and blah, blah, blah. Or do you let him catch up, get used to the speed of the game, don't even start him for four games, then bring him in. The kid's ready. You can even bring him in in a cushy situation, maybe where the team you're playing quarterback just got hurt and blah, 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 whatever it may be. So you can maybe get him a, a cushy win. And then that just catapults that kid to a, a fucking stardom career. 
And quarterbacks nowadays need to be treated like young pitchers in baseball. And I think that that's the way the league's going. And it's like you ease them into it. You limit their pitch count. You limit their innings count. Like you need to be – they need to be doing that with quarterbacks because as we saw with Joe Burrow, and we don't know what Joe Burrow is going to look like coming back. We don't know if he's going to be nearly as mobile because, yeah, the ACL tears get better and better surgically, right? Like his, like that. that's the process because they're so used to it. But the meniscus tears don't. That's the thing that lingers long term. Burrow tore the meniscus. Saquon didn't. So, I, I mean, I know it's two different positions, but there there is a distinct difference, right? Like the meniscus doesn't really heal. Like no, I, I, I agree. But his arm is still that. That yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is for sure. But I just think <laughs> you need the baby. You need the baby Trevor Lawrence. You have to. I would as well. Maybe you could do a, uh, a Brian Flores with him, and you could name him the starter like after a few games. Then if it's a Ooh. close game in the fourth quarter, you take him out, and, play and then you put him back in as a starter. And then, or Gardner <laughs> yeah, Minshew, yeah, yeah. and then just let it ride from there. I like yeah. that. I feel I like bad that. for Tua. I really, a lot of people are crapping on Tua. I, I still think he's a legit quarterback. I think all, he's this mentally- talk, all this talk like Mac Jones is a better prospect than Tua is bonkers to me, too, though. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like all that. Uh, I think so, Tua's I, mentally weak. I think Miami's I in trouble. Disagree that he's mentally weak, but the kid has it all physically. You would want. He he looks. Also, have you seen the his photos recently? Yeah. He's added a solid ten pounds of just straight beefcake. So it's to, um, it's, be, it's to compensate for him being fearful here. Okay, uh, I mean, as long <laughs> if it can compensate, and then it can prove to him. Oh wait. I can hold up after I've added this weight than whatever it may be. You know, sometimes people just need a, an icebreaker, whatever it may be. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So away from football, we actually said we would talk a little bit about the NCAA uh, tournament because that's coming up March madness. Right. And oh, that's, yeah. how, that's how I dance, feel. Sully. Baby. Everybody's I'm going to mute myself and eat Skittles now. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I feel is that, I was like, blah, you know, your number one seeds are the Gonzaga and you've got Baylor on there and all these crap. I can't believe that's your take that the number one seed, oh, blah, the number one seed is Gonzaga. Gonzaga in a loaded draft class literally has three first round picks. Probably all five starters get drafted. I don't understand how you can have that take that Gonzaga is a blah pick. Because it's Gonzaga. It's like Butler. It's like all those teams. There's boring not, teams. Nothing like Butler. It is America's team, baby. Yeah. <laughs> since, your boy John Stockton was a zag. Why is he my boy? I don't know why he's my bad. Or he's saying Sully's boy. What? He's a Mormon, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. I know he lives in Utah. He was in Utah for so long. I just think <laughs> he's a Mormon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's there you go. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't think anybody's truthfully like excited for this tournament. Um, of COVID. Yeah, I agree. It's because of COVID. Now, you would think like in a normal year with the Zags, having the team they do, being undefeated, having a real shot of being an undefeated college national champion, which is special no matter when it happens. I mean, that's special. But it's just, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, like, tell me this feels like March Madness. Like, it doesn't. Nobody's excited. Yeah. Nobody's by the water cooler. Yeah, I mean, no, they do like, for some. Like, nobody's by the water cooler taking bets and shite. Like, I don't know. It's pass. Yeah, there's no Duke. I, I don't care. No, Duke. that's wild to me. No Duke. <laughs> it is wild, but that's what that's what happens now. That that's going to be the case for now on, because of, because now guys are just going to go to the G League. Guys are going to go to Europe. I mean, Duke's going to miss out on talent, man. I mean, those those programs that rely on the one and done are going to miss out on talent, and the programs that are more likely to have guys stick around for a few years are the ones that are going to excel come March Madness. Those are the ones going to be dancing because there's going to be gelling. There's going to be continuity. Um, I say all that, and you're going to have a team like Oklahoma State or all Arkansas under yeah under Detroit. with one guy yeah. who's a one and done, but um, or Illinois. Yeah, exactly. Illinois, who we both agree, kind of has a shot to win this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it could easily just put a poo-poo plan to all that. But did you see I? Did you guys see Ao's um, no. from Illinois, the point guard? Did you see his uh, his pick after they won the? Um, he did a tribute to Kobe after they oh. won the uh, what was it? Like the Big Ten, where it was him. Sit, sit, 
Yeah, the Big Ten tournament. And he was like sitting with like the leather jacket, the Big Ten tournament jacket, and he had the trophy with him with the hat on. His head was down. He like did the Instagram picture to go. I thought that was a cool gesture. I didn't see it, but that is pretty cool. It doesn't make me want to watch the tournament anymore, but that's Yeah. There was nothing I was gonna say that was gonna make you watch the tournament. Unless like Jared unless Jared Stidham unless Duke was one of the fill in teams. <laughs> yeah, or or Stidham was playing the point for Gonzaga. There you oh, go. Then Gonzaga would definitely win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not about my mind. So Wayne, I'm curious, who do you have winning? I have Gonzaga winning. Okay, all right, all right. They've won, they won thirty three straight games, they're undefeated this year. I mean it's kind of hard to bet against them. Um, the, the, I did have a lot of upsets though. I had Tennessee, Tennessee's got two guys that are going to be lottery picks. Um, so I have Tennessee making it to the final four, uh, and losing to Ohio state. Who's going to lose to Gonzaga. Wait, so you have, I, I have to check my bracket. I'm doing it right now because I want to see. So you have Tennessee coming out of the Midwest, the Midwest. That's right. So you have Tennessee beating Oklahoma state. Yeah. Wow. That that's impressive. Actually, that's man, no, I, I have Liberty beating Oklahoma state. Well, that's <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I mean, he watched any. He hasn't watched either of them play basketball. He's like, he's like, well, uh, this one of these seeds has to upset one of these seeds. So let me write yeah, yeah. this one in. That's a hundred percent. That was his logic. Hey, however, Liberty. What is? Wait, I don't have my bracket in front of me. What's Oklahoma as a seed? Are they at three? Uh, wait, Oklahoma four. four. Oklahoma State, there are four, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's like, oh, well, uh, 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 11's got to be to four. So no, 13. Liberty's 13. 13. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Liberty's a 13. They're going to beat Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham. Yeah. Well, Cunningham Wayne, is that probably happens, the number one overall pick. Wayne, if that happens, we'll never talk college basketball when I'm on the show again. I will admit that you know everything with regard to college basketball. Stupid, and we should never talk about it again. First of all, don't make promises you're not going to keep. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you call a Liberty upset over Oklahoma State, that's like you can win big money off something. You could like that. win big money off something yeah. like that. Again, every year I go through these and you figure out which are the upsets. Like I said, I like Tennessee. Tennessee, I think, is a five seed, but I haven't got to the uh, the final four. You haven't beaten Liberty. You haven't beaten. You haven't yeah, beaten Liberty. <laughs> beat, uh, beating Liberty, beating Illinois. Right? Um, beating Illinois. Look Jesus. At that. Wow. Wayne is going all in on Tennessee. Big yeah, Peyton I like Manning. Tennessee. Guy. I do. I like Tennessee a lot. I can't wait oh. to see the Gonzaga-Iowa game. I think that's going to be a good game. Oh, yeah, Gonzaga, Iowa, and Illinois. I mean, if Illinois matches up against Oklahoma State, if, you know, assuming Oklahoma State gets past Liberty, <laughs> if if uh, Illinois ends up playing Oklahoma State, that's a matchup, man. I'd love to see that in the tournament. Yeah, even if they get past Liberty, they're not going to pass Tennessee. <laughs> right. What was I thinking? so wild. <laughs> I cannot believe you have Liberty you said, Oklahoma State. You, you said Tennessee has two lottery picks. Who? Uh, I have it written down here. Let's see. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Write it down. I'm curious. The two lottery picks are uh, Keon Johnson and uh, Jaden Springer. I don't know that Springer's going to be a lotto pick. I think Keon Johnson will be. What's a lottery pick? 14? 14. Top under? 14, yeah. Yeah, top 14. So I don't I don't know that Springer's going to go top 14. Not in this draft. I think – I mean, Keon definitely, but I don't know about Springer. But I get what you're saying. He'll be a first-rounder. Yeah. And like I said, he's fringe. Um <clears throat> I think on that 14 range, uh, which actually, speaking of lottery picks, because I think that's enough NCAA. The, <laughs> speaking of lottery picks, so Nick and I yeah. had this discussion, and if you're watching, if you're listening, please confirm this for him. The, oh, my God. That the narrative about Duke players for years and years and years was that Duke has good college basketball players that don't pan out in the NBA. And then uh, Kyrie Irving turned like that on his head. Once, like Grant Hill. Grant Hill got injured, but he was on his way. But um, his way is a Hall of Famer. Is he really a Hall of Famer? No, he won't. That's sad. Grant Hill will not be a Hall of Famer. He should not be a Hall of Famer. No way. Not a Hall of Famer. No. We need to do a whole segment on why Grant Hill. I love Grant Hill. Kobe Bryant wouldn't go to the Chicago Bulls because Luel Dang was part of the trade. Luel Dang was a legitimate basketball player. Shane Battier was the best one-on-one defender, maybe since Scottie Pippen. But is he really like a seventh a overall player? pick? I mean, Jaleel Okafor busted, Jabari Parker busted, Rodney Hood busted, Mason Plumley like busted. 
Austin Plumlee didn't buzz. He wasn't high enough to be a buzz. Austin Rivers busted. These are all first round picks. Yeah, I mean, Miles, I mean, Miles Miles busted. Uh, Gerald Henderson busted. Uh, Josh McGraw, he was a second. Sheldon Williams busted. Luau Dang was was decent. Eh, Kate right. Williams busted. Mike Dunleavy busted. Elton Brand was actually pretty he decent. Was, he was uh, a solid one. Grant Hill. Solid. Grant Hill. So, like Bobby Hurley. Ugh. Like, like Christian Leitner. Yeah. Like, you know, Christian like a Leitner lot of was guys. on the dream team. He was the third overall pick. And he, was, <laughs> he, averaged like, he averaged like eight points a game for his career. But you're faulting Duke. For their guys, so he, I'm not faulting this, Duke. I'm telling you what the narrative was. Okay, that was I never heard that narrative before. Because I Duke did as well. Turns heard, out they, they, no, they they Duke, have a ton they of talent. Always, they never produced in the NBA. Is essentially okay. I agree. Kind but of this came like from. Narrative. But this came from again when using false equivalents. This came from because I said Ohio State quarterbacks, you can't take them. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? I said that historically, you are correct. You never said that. And that historically you, you could not take Duke players. But then Kyrie Irving was the axis for the turning point where Duke started producing no. good players. Grant yes. Hill and Elton Brand were Grant good Hill players. was not. Grant Hill got hurt. He was Grant a great Hill player, was but he was not. he was an anomaly. And if you said Grant Hill is the catalyst, that can't be true because after him, there was nobody that really did well. William Avery, Cherokee Parks, Corey Maggetti, Trey. Yeah, but you're faulting the program. John Langdon. Uh, Corey McGetty wasn't a bad player at oh, all. Again, but these guys he wasn't a lottery pick. Out what they were supposed to be is essentially how many what lottery I'm picks turn out. But what? Giannis wasn't even a lottery but pick. But that doesn't change the narrative. That doesn't change the narrative that Duke players didn't pan out. That's, how many Kentucky players don't pan out? So, how many Kentucky players don't pan out? Duke, How many players, players, don't Duke pan. players didn't pan out. Ohio State quarterbacks don't pan out. And what I was saying is that Kyrie was the access point for where it switched, and Justin Fields is the access point for where it's going to switch. But I disagree with that because I think that Grant Hill was is a Hall of Famer. Well, you can say that all you want, but he's not. He's not. <laughs> well, he hasn't been <laughs> yet. He he's not going to get in. He's not going to get in. He doesn't have the numbers. I I, I mean, I don't know. I don't you're know. Put, you put him in there because of two years? That's why he's getting he in. Seven-time NBA All-Star, co-rookie of the year, All-NBA first, seven-time All-NBA first team. Uh, I mean, I, Grant Hill was pretty pretty legit. I mean, the thing that hurt him, to your point, was injuries later on in his career. But in Detroit, Grant Hill was like the guy, right? Like yeah. he was going to be – Once he went like, to Orlando, it was like – fell off a cliff. And that's where, that's, where he, that's where he got hurt. He also had to share the ball with Tracy McGrady, who wasn't sharing the ball with anybody. Well, he never really played so, there either. I mean, that's the thing is that he was always yeah. hurt. But it was supposed to be, if you remember correctly, it was supposed to be T-Mac, Tim Duncan, and Grant Hill on that yeah. Orlando team. But Tim Duncan wouldn't commit to jumping from San Antonio. Well, it doesn't matter because Grant Hill's not in the Hall of Fame and he never will get there. And so the point but that the I NBA had, Hall of Fame doesn't make sense then because why the frig is Mitch Richmond in the Hall of Fame? Because he averaged 20 points per game for his career. And he actually He's played for 15 years. You think Mitch Richmond's better than Grant Hill in their prime? I think he had a better career. Think he's better than Grant Hill? He had a better career. Do you think he's better than Grant Hill, though? It doesn't not, matter, though. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does matter. It does no, it matter. Doesn't. It does. It absolutely does. Because it, how it does it matter who's matters. better? If he can't how many all stars did Mitch Richmond go to? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Probably more than Grant I Hill. I don't know. Grant Hill went to seven. Let's see what Mitch Richmond went to. I'm curious now. I'm going to look it up. Let's see if he was a fan oh. favorite. All right. <laughs> That's <laughs> what his claim to fame was he won six man. Six time All Star, but he's a five time All NBA. Six-time all yeah, Grant Hill was seven. Six time, six time. That's underneath Grant Hill. All I'm saying is Grant Hill doesn't get enough credit because people think of him getting hurt. Right. And I'm not bashing Grant Hill, by the way. I love Grant Hill. I'm just saying that he's not a Hall of Famer. You want to use him as But the, to call him the, a bust. You want to I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm oh, saying he's bust? an anomaly. He he was he outside the that. narrative. He was outside the narrative. He's a five-time All NBA player, by the way. Which which team? Who is Grant Hill? Yeah. Oh, it counts first saw- team. It do, it says seven, but that's because it wasn't all first team. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So okay yeah. So I, I just Wikipedia it real quick. Yeah, all right. L- when did L- Coach L- Grant take over Duke? What? What about Duke? Yeah, but you can't. Kyrie played six games at Duke. So right, all of a sudden he was the first. He was the first guy out of Duke that kind of like was a star. Because there was a bunch of guys. Go there because he had to go there. Kobe had. Kobe didn't have to go there, but Kobe would have gone to Duke. So now all of a sudden that changes the narrative. 
It does because he didn't go to Duke. Yeah, but he committed. Yeah. Okay, so Kevin Garnett then is a representative of Michigan. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay, well, I will not make that concession. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll take it. Kevin Garnett went and was a Michigan alumni. I mean, Kobe says it all the time. He'd love to play for Kobe. He would have loved to play for Kobe. Well, he, he, did, get to, he did get to play he for would, him in Team USA. Yeah, but he said, like, Coach K was the reason he wanted to go to Duke, but he didn't have to go. So Kyrie had to go to college at that point. So we went to Duke. I mean, I don't know, man. I just think that drawing the parallel between, like, Duke has this narrative, like, they don't turn out talent to like the correlation of Ohio State who has never turned out a quarterback. Literally never. There's not one Ohio State quarterback who has ever been anything in the NFL. It's different. Well, when you say anything, I mean, I mean Ty Detmer had a decent career. <laughs> Actually, wait, he went to BYU, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. who, yeah. who's, who's the one that went to Ohio State? Was, it, was there one of the Terrell Detmer's Pryor, who was a wide receiver. No, no, <laughs> not him. I don't know. Um, again, you talk about numbers. Like, you know, there's been a lot more – for the for the numbers drafted, there's been more Duke players drafted in the first round who haven't worked out. But so let's ask Sully because because Sully is my quarterbacks who haven't worked out. Sully is my English expert because uh, I know he went to Harvard, so he's going to back me up on this. I did. Uh, so Sully, is it a false narrative to say that if this group of people didn't produce and then eventually yeah. they did, you don't? Well, that, I thought you would say you is don't. Is it a false? narrative to say here's another group of people that didn't produce and maybe will eventually um i don't know but you don't avoid a prospect because of the school he went to oh i agree with that i'm just saying but, nick yeah, likes uh, to throw around false equivalency and i shared that meme with the uh, neil oh, montoya my. right <laughs> saying uh, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that i don't think it means what you think it means because <laughs> you say but it that's, all the time. but it is it's apples it's apples and oranges though you're comparing basketball players coming out of duke to quarterbacks coming i'm not out comparing of players State. at all I'm comparing situations, not players. So, yeah, if you're comparing the situations, it's worse. I no, mean, it's, it's, it's the same situation. Has no, it panned out? And does pan out? Hasn't panned how out? How many Hall of Famers or potential all? How many? How many Pro Bowl quarterbacks? How many? How many Pro Bowl quarterbacks from Ohio State? Just curious. How many? How many? How many Pro Bowls? I have no idea. Come from an Ohio State quarterback? Probably zero. I bet you zero. I bet you the number is zero. So you don't know it's, either. It's, you're asking me a question. You don't know one? the answer. To? But I'm just saying it's zero. How many how many Hall of Famers probably come out of Duke? I don't know. I couldn't tell you that either. Kyrie Irving. Probably zero. Well, he's not a Hall of Famer. Probably zero. Yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. No, it's not probably zero. Grant Hill should be a Hall of Famer. But, but I, I mean, but I, I, Kyrie Irving's going to the Hall of Fame. But Kyrie Irving's going to the Hall of Fame. So there are zero Hall of Famers from Duke. If he retired, if, he, if Kyrie Irving if he retired today, he would today, not be in the Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame. No, even he, would he would not. be. Even if he would be, it wouldn't be until five years from now. So as it sits well, today, be, okay. as it be, sits five today, years there now, are as be. many Hall of Famers from Duke as there are Pro Bowlers from Ohio State. Are we happy with that analogy? Now it's not a false equivalency because it's zero and zero. Well, no, because I said <laughs> Pro Bowl and All Stars. How many? I mean, so how many Pro Bowlers came from Ohio State? How many Pro Bowl quarterbacks at Ohio State? I bet you it's less than one. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to look it up right now. But you Ohio State quarterback. And you'll actually have the information that you're So just so we're clear, Bleach well, Report has an article. I just want to read this real quick. Bleach Report has an article. Duke is undeniably yeah, yeah. one of the greatest college Which was written by somebody like you or I. No, Dantzler Smith, whoever that Which is. Which is written by somebody like you or I. Um, yeah, fans exactly. of the Blue Devils are also familiar with one of the most fan – de- fan, Fans of the Blue Devils are also familiar with one of the most repeated criticisms of their cherished program, that Duke doesn't produce any good NBA players. Oh, I've never heard that before. That's news to me. <laughs> well, if Dan Smith. I mean, their five best NBA players. Oh, I mean. Their five best NBA players are Shane Battier, Christian Leitner, Jeff Mullins, Kyrie Irving, and Grant Hill. Like, I mean, that's not like a great list. Like, I mean, that's what they're saying. For the amount of players that have been drafted, and Grant Hill is your best player, bruh. Yeah, a non Hall of Famer. A non-maybe fringe at the best Hall of Famer. Like, I mean, that's essentially the narrative, is they've been this dominant, dominant collegiate program, yet they don't produce dominant NBA talent, is essentially the narrative. It's still false equivalence because I just did the research, and um, the most successful NFL quarterback to come out of Ohio State was Mike Tomczak, who has never been to a Pro Bowl. So Mike Tomczak has never been to a Pro Bowl, um, you can't not, I mean, you, you can't say that Ohio state ha- even has an anomaly at quarterback. The anomaly would be but if Fields comes out and does one. something. 
Oh, right, sure. There yeah. will never be one. Yeah, but I don't think there wasn't was one until Kyrie. Uh, that's not true because Grant Hill was definitely worthy of a third round of a third overall pick. Definitely worthy of it. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah, and then he turned out to be Elton a, Brand. Then he turned out to be a decent injury. NBA player. He turned out to be injury prone. But you can't forecast that. I mean, if a guy gets hurt, that's one thing. But if a guy's Dwayne Haskins, then mm, that's another. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I just like that. I just was right as usual. Yeah, so yeah, this, yeah. You were, de- this, you were definitely this right. Is how it, this is how it usually goes, folks, is that in our private chats, Nick tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> and then we bring up the facts to prove that he's wrong. And then he spins it to be like, well, that's a false that's false What were the facts? What were the facts? How was I wrong? That it's a true narrative. You said that it wasn't a narrative. Oh, because so we pull up a Bleacher Report article. (laughs) So I heard it before we looked up the Bleacher Report article. Well, I mean, if Dan Smith, the Bleacher Report. Are we still talking about this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to go write a Bleacher Report article about how Jeremy Lin went to Harvard. (laughs) Yeah, All right, so yeah, we'll we'll wrap things up. I uh, appreciate everybody sticking around. Uh, obviously, uh, hit us up on Facebook. Uh, all the contacts are at the bottom here: Facebook, Instagram, Let's Twitter. Use this last three minutes of a show ever. Um, yeah, it's, it's useful. Yeah, let uh, you know, let us know what you think. Let Nick know that he's wrong because he doesn't think that he is. Um, and so just let him know that I'm right. I don't know why people even argue with me anymore. And uh, as far as the argument about whether or not you know Fields is going to be an All Star. Um, you know, hey, Kenny, what do you think about that argument? 